And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the first time ever, and for your ears only, the brand spanking new theme song for the Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club podcast. Fasten your seatbelt. amazing <laughs> yeah uh today we are having a free-for-all where we talk about whatever book we want and we and you whoa 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 do whoa. the same stop right but there first, mom <laughs> what have you been reading and watching just kidding <laughs> um first of all we gotta give props give props to the, the man the legend chris brinkley tennessee sex voice himself tennessee sex voice himself chris brinkley who was so kind as to send me three introductions that I could use for um, our theme song because I had told him when we talked to him last that I was thinking about doing that and he was super encouraging and lovely as always and um, and then when I sent it to him to give him a first listen he was like well you have to let me do an intro for record it record an intro and I was like um. He's like, would you let me do that? I'm like, uh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, so big thank you to him for doing that. And um, yeah, I hope you guys like it. Because that's just going to be what's at the begin- beginning of our show now. <laughs> for, for Ellen, Unless like you guys are outraged. And, Ellen's rapper roots. And tell me to take it down. <laughs> but <laughs> What is this nonsense? <laughs> But assuming you guys like it. Maybe over the next three shows, you could do all three introductions. That could be fun. So, yes, you're welcome, people. I just talked her into that. <laughs> um, but, yes. So, I hope you guys like it. If you don't, let me know. And maybe I will take it out of the show. And but super rude. But, yes. <laughs> Listen, I take... I take feedback. It's totally fine. Yeah, she was raised on sarcasm and ridicule. Yeah, so. I was. Um, okay, mom. So there's that. That's our big new. I feel like I should probably be making like more fanfare about it, but it's kind of weird for, Woo! Yeah, for me you to did do it. that. I, well, can I help out? Can I? Sh- Ellen, sure. that was the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, is like we've heard it because mom keeps having me play it for people. Um, so at this point I'm like kind of already sick of yeah, it. We've heard um, it over and over. I'm sick of the sound of my own voice. But I hope you guys like it. Um, okay, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay, I'm not going to talk about yet what I've been reading. Good girl. I'm going to hold that off. What have I been watching? 
we're cut. We're we've been watching Ted Lasso. This episode was also great. Oh my gosh, and so good. No spoilers, but uh, whoa, mind blown. The whole um, banter reveal. Hell yeah. Um, and then I've been watching Taskmaster again just because. Um, also I should say. I got a job this week. Um, like a pay gig. Like a paying job. I found a position that I'm going to be able to use for my student teaching hours, but get paid. And you guys, I can't tell you how excited I am about it. I'm but, excited about it too, uh, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> even if it's terrible, I'm just excited to make money like a grown adult again. It'll be fun. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Uh, but... That has, you know, taken a lot of my time and energy, I would say, the past week. So, I'm trying to think what else. Oh, we never did mention that, because we did it last week, but we went and saw the movie Free Guy. Oh, yeah. Which we um, loved. Thoroughly enjoyed. Yes. Um, It was really cute and um, much more romantic than the uh, We were doing some squealing in our chair. It was actually kind of funny because... We went when my cousin was visiting, and then my we met up with my brother and went and saw it. And, and a friend of his. And our family, especially me, my mom, and my brother Dylan, who is of the listening to audiobooks in the backseat um, of the car <laughs> fame, fame um, we do this thing where when we get kind of excited, we, like, rub our hands together, or we, like, have to do like a drum roll on our legs. We just have to kind of like do a little excitement burst. Like expend some energy. Yeah. And so, (laughs) and this is a thing that my cousin Whitney also does. And it was just hilarious because there's a moment in the movie where like in sync, all four of us, like sitting next to each other down the row at the movie theater, just go because we got all excited. (laughs) And it was kind of funny. And they were cracking up. The other people with us were cracking up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I haven't read anything other than what I read for the podcast. I haven't Um, either. Yeah. It was my first week of school. It was just kind of truth. We don't have to make excuses for these people, Ellen. I'm making excuses. (laughs) Um, okay. So today let's just dive into it. Um, we've done enough fanfare and stuff at the beginning. Today we are doing another episode of what we call the free-for-all. How it works is that mom and I have both picked a book that we wanted to read. We're going to talk a little bit about it and much more importantly, we have also opened it to you to send in your own what I like to call book reports for a book that you have recently read. Um, We love the episodes. Uh, They're always so much fun. Everybody always gets a bevy of new additions to the TBR. Um, we have a couple of repeats in here, so we'll have to see if it's for better or for worse that, you know, well, these people us, wanted to talk about these books. It gives us different, different perspectives on the same right. book. Um, Mom, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, I'll go first. Okay, you go for it. I didn't read, actually. I listened, because we, it wasn't, because we don't do as deep of a dive on our books on when we do all. the free-for-all. I thought, well, I could listen to a book, an audiobook, instead of reading it this time. And since I was going to listen, I wanted to listen to something that, you know, my crush, Chris Brinkley, did. And um, he had told us before that he did a Mariana Zapata book. So I thought, mm-hmm. I am going to listen to the Mariana Zapata book because it kind of combines things that I 
two things that I love, Marianne Zapata and Chris, <laughs> and Chris Brinkley. Brinkley. <laughs> and um, uh, here's the problem, though, is it's it's a single POV. It's all told from her perspective. So the girl narrator was doing all the narrating. There wasn't enough Chris in it for me. <laughs> no, there, there was. She was, he, he she does was the, doing the heavy lifting. So whenever, um, okay, so I read Hands Down by Marianne Zapata. Yeah. Read in, qu- in quotes. And um, it is Zach's book. And Zach is the adorable guy from Walla Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's interesting because as a book, it had it had a lot of connections to a lot of other Mariana Zapata books. Yeah. And probably even more than I picked up on because I haven't read all of her books, but I've read a lot of her books and uh, there was a lot of connections. And uh, so definitely Aiden you know, shows up in this book with his family, which is adorable, and uh, from Walla Winnipeg. And so it was fun kind of to see all those connections that she had to Oliver Lukov is there. And I mean, it's got all of the little fun little Easter eggs in there. And um, so anytime Zach is speaking, that's Chris. Chris was doing his voice and it was delightful. And, um, and he's just such an aw shucks, lovely guy. And he's so Chris was perfect for it. And, um, uh, it was a lot of fun. He, it's, I was telling Ellen, it's kind of a brother's best friend because he's actually best friends with her cousin who she was raised with. And, um, so they're very close, like a brother and sister. And so it's kind of like a brother's best friend thing. It's also very much a friends to lovers thing. And, and it was cute to see. And a very probably slow burn thing because it's uh, a Mariana Zapata book. Mariana Zapata. So it's a 500 page book and there's no sex till you know 98 percent and um but it was it was fun and it's very cute to see their transition it was very cute to see how she's just like screw it i'm just going to tell everybody how i feel and then there there was just miscommunication on the part of uh you know because i through the book i was like oh you're being so obtuse because he obviously had feelings for her too and and it just wasn't yeah. She just wasn't seeing it. And I get it because he's famous and because, all, you know, he's had all these women. And so you would really second guess yourself quite a bit. So I kind of understood it in this particular sense. In other books, I've read that and ha- it hasn't, I haven't felt it. Hasn't rung authentic for yes. you. Yes. But this one, I was like, I can kind of see it. Where, um, and there's other things, you know, that, that kind of came into works when she, for why she was being so obtuse. But um, anyway, it was a fun read. It's like I said, it's a long book, mm-hmm. so you know you have to wait till you got some time. <laughs> yeah. But I definitely recommend the audio because Chris is just delightful to listen to. So and the gal did a good job too. So I don't know who it was. I didn't. I don't. I'm not friends with her, so <laughs> I don't remember her name. We only know the names of audiobook narrators that we've met in person. So all of one. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Nash. Oh, that Andrew Nash. <laughs> And then Richard Armitage. Those are the only three that we remember. We haven't met, we haven't met him. <laughs> we haven't met him, but oh gosh, but he would have to get to. a restraining order. If we <laughs> anyway, it was a good, good listen, and I highly recommend. Okay, um, with that, we're gonna wait to get to mine. Um, but before before we uh, do that, though, we're gonna listen to some of yours. And first, we're going to start with Cassie and see what she's been up to. Hi, Noyomos. This is Cassie. The book that I'm reviewing for the free-for-all this time is My Darling Duke by Stacey Reed. 
it's book one in the Sinful Wallflowers series. The I'm going to read the back cover description. Um, Miss Catherine Danvers is a desperate wallflower. Her family is on the brink of financial ruin, and it is up to it is up to her to save her mother and sisters from a life of indignities. So she transforms herself into the incomparable Kitty Danvers, the fiance of the enigmatic and reclusive Alexander Masters, Duke of Thornton, once dubbed the mad, bad, and dangerous catch of the season. Ten years ago, society and the woman Alexander Masters loved called him a monster after a tragic accident left him scarred and confined to a wheelchair. His heart exists in cold, lonely exile until he learns he has a fiancé, a deceptive, clever, and utterly intriguing woman he's never met. Miss Danvers will now learn the consequences of engaging herself to the beast, for Alexander is determined to make her his. Soon they are involved in a chase, a clash of wills, and though he once vowed to never love again, he burns for the enchanting Miss Danvers, and denying his heart may cost him an exquisite love that happens only once in a lifetime. I loved this book so much. Um, the relationship development between Kitty and Alexander was handled really well. Um, their love for each other was very sweet, and the way that it developed was very fragile and felt um, very real for two people who have kind of been shunned by society. Um, I, I read it a couple of months ago, so it's hard for me to remember specifics, but I know in my Goodreads review, um, I mentioned that it was a very touching story of two people who were social outcasts finding themselves in each other. It is definitely a new favorite historical romance for me and I'm not even particularly um, a big historical romance reader but something about this just really worked for me I loved it so much I thought it was really well written um, it doesn't have a lot of ratings and reviews on Goodreads which is surprising because it came out in 2019 and I thought it was really really good so I definitely recommend it um, I also read the second book in the series uh, what is it called? My, or her, her wicked uh, Marquess. Um, I didn't like it as much. It was a lot darker than the first one. The whole, everyone had a very dark backstory and it just didn't quite work for me. I, I thought that the two main characters had good chemistry, but I just wasn't in love with the backstory. But the third book in the series comes out in December um, and I'm looking forward to it because the character that it's going to be about uh, is one that I'm really interested in. So um, anyway, yeah, that's the book that I read. If you haven't read it and you're a fan of historical romances, and even if you're not like I am, um, something about this just really worked for me and I definitely highly, highly recommend it. Okay, looking forward to what everyone else has read. Bye. Okay, Cassie. Um, I, I feel like I've heard about this one before. I feel like somebody has talked about this one to us before but um that premise sounds really good yeah it does um i love basically getting tricked or like caught up in a fake engagement that she didn't even know about um so that was cassie with my darling duke by stacy reed um also i'm putting together a uh graphic so you'll have all a list of all of these i guess in a, in a sense um next we have deanna so let's hear what she has been reading hi everyone this is deanna coming in just under the wire 
And I read Today, Tomorrow, and Always by Tessa Bailey. So this is the third book in her Phenomenal Fate series, which I don't think a lot of people have read. Um, and it's kind of, you need to read books one and two to really understand what's happening in three. So I'm not going to talk about three a lot, except to say that I really liked it. I wish it had been longer. And I wanted more of a final um, battle. Spoiler alert, there's a battle. Um, so the series is about three vampires living in modern day in Coney Island. The first book is about Jonas, and the heroine is Ginny, who is a human, and she is a mortician. And I guess that is that was like the plot that Tessa Bailey first had in her brain was that she wanted to write a story about a vampire and a um, family that owned a funeral home. So that's the first book. The second book is about Roxana and Elias. Elias is a vampire. Roxana is a vampire slayer. And then the third book is about Tucker, who is a vampire and Mary, who is a fae. Tucker is supposed to deliver Mary to her wedding, which is supposed to unite the supernatural world. But if that happens, then it's bad for Jonas, who is the Vampire King, and hijinks ensue. So again, I really love this series. Um, it didn't get a lot of hype through... Any of Tessa Bailey's like social media channels or anything really, and I, I honestly think it's because of COVID. The first book came out on March seventeenth, twenty twenty. So, if you look back at her Instagram, you can see it promoted there, and it sounds like that was supposed to be a standalone. And then she started writing Elias and Roxana's book. And that came out, I can't remember when, um, late last year, I think. And then Tucker and Mary's book just came out maybe a month and a half ago. But Tessa Bailey's husband contracted COVID at the end of last year, spent like four months in the hospital. Uh, and she really didn't talk about or post anything about Today, Tomorrow, and Always on her Instagram at all. And I think that was probably because, obviously, she was super worried about her husband and just didn't have the brain capacity to handle this book. It's not, it's a comedy, but it's not a comedy as other Tessa Bailey books are. Um, and I think, just my own personal opinion, I think it was probably too much for her, too emotional for her to handle, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you should all read this series. It's great. The covers are beautiful. Um, Jonas and Elias and Tucker are all great heroes. Tucker is super cinnamon roll. Um, he's great. Mary's great. They're all great. And I hope I got this in on time. I hope everyone has a fantastic week. And I'll talk to you guys all later. Silly Deanna, thinking that we don't procrastinate these things until <laughs> the last minute. Um, no, but I um, 
I procrastinated reading my book, so Deanna had plenty of time to get in her book report. Um, and thank you, Deanna, for sending that in, um, no matter the timing of it. Again, um, she was talking about Today, Tomorrow, and Always by Tessa Bailey. Um, I have had that first book in that series on my TBR now for a while. I want to say it's like Born Yesterday um, is what that first one is called. Don't quote me on that. Um, I'm trying to look it up quietly while I'm saying this right now. Um, but yeah, I, I've been intrigued by a Tessa Bailey, um, paranormal now for a while. Um, but yeah, mom, any thoughts? Yeah. I was just looking up cause I, I'm very interested in reading, first of all, a Tessa Bailey and vampires. Yeah. So it sounds like a win-win. And I had no idea that she was going through. Yeah, that was. That's that's insane. That and is insane, and and I hope everything's okay. It's like almost longer than I've heard anybody else being hospitalized for this thing. It's pretty terrible. Um, but thank you, Deanna, for sending that in and for your recommendation. Um, next up we have Jason, singular male listener Jason, Got Jessica, it. and Megan with their joint book report. So let's hear what they have been up to. It's a group project. It's a group project. <laughs> they are the brave souls who take on a group project. Hi, guys. This is um, Megan, Jessica, and Jason. Uh, book club together again, as usual, for our, our uh, um, free-for-all selection. We're here with our book report. Um, we read the Hot and Badgered. Is that what it was called? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, and we are in the midst of our last time you heard from us, we were reading a bunch of books by Jennifer Ashley. Uh, we kind of did decide to let that series go to the wayside because it wasn't our favorite. And we instead decided to gather a huge list of bonkers books. We found off of a lot of different podcasts and lists and things like that. And we put them all in one big Goodreads pile and then we randomized them. And so one of the books that came up for our reading this month uh, was this fun shifter book. And Jason had read it before and he really loved it. So we thought it would be perfect for our free for all. And so Jason's going to do a synopsis because it's one of his faves. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, this book is by um, who's the author of this book? Shelly Lawrenson. Before you read it, you read one of her books. She's uh, she has a very unique style, and her books are bonkers. So this book is about three half sisters. One is African American, one is Asian, and one is white. White. So uh, they have the worst father that's ever been a father and he keeps putting them in situations like selling the science prodigy to uh peruvian drug lords or selling max as a indentured servant so they spend all of their time getting out of the predicaments that their terrible father or as charlie says their sperm donor of a father so this book starts with them very young 
uh, right after the woman that's caring for them, which is Charlie's mother, is killed in front of them. And then it travels forward from there. And this book focuses on Charlie, who is the oldest sister, and Berg, who is a grizzly shifter. And it has the greatest meat cute in history, as I've already told the, the two ladies. She drops naked and shot onto a balcony of a uh, pianist, famous pianist that he is a protector for. So right off the bat, you know, hey, he realizes this girl's a badass. So while the book is really bonkers and it is over the top, the book really comes down to family. Because no matter what kind of situation they get into, it's these three sisters against the world. And the book is really about Charlie coming to realize that she can count on someone other than just her two sisters. So that's where her and Berg, I mean, their relationship develops by her figuring out, hey, I can count on somebody other than my two sisters. However, you need to maybe watch the net, uh, National Geographic on honey badgers because they are bloodthirsty. They are considered fearless and, well, they are fierce. So the middle sister's answer to everything, they may call her Max Killett McKilligan because her answer to everything is, let's go in and kill them all. So Charlie spends most of the book trying to keep her one sister from killing everybody and her youngest sister, who is a hybrid of great power from destroying the world. And, of course, there are big bad guys that are out there that the three must defeat. Uh, their father, of course, has got them in trouble with their own family as well as the rest of the world. So that's a, an, a quick overview with no spoilers because I didn't want to give any of the really fun parts of this because it is a truly over-the-top book. If you're not into that, it, I think it could probably bother some people. And there's only two love scenes. So if you're truly needing a bunch of love scenes, it probably, you know, you need to know that going in. But other than that, the book is really fun. Because um, there's just nothing like honey badgers. <laughs> what do you, you think, Megan? I thought it was really fun. I I loved it. I could tell right away why Jason loves this book the badass heroine dropping naked on the balcony and then um you know proceeding to shoot people and beat them up that was like so Jason's cup of tea so I was like okay well first of all I know why Jason loves this book let's see let's see if Jessica and I are gonna love it too um but I I really did love it I thought four and a half stars and I'll tell you in a minute why I lost a half a star but it was really fun it was super funny fun and funny which are different and um I was laughing so much and I listened to most of it on the audio and I was cracking up so I also highly recommend the audio version um very good uh audio reader um and it was hilarious I was doing that, like laughing out loud, walking around the house with my noise canceling headphones like a weirdo. And I loved it. Um, I thought that all the characters were super well-rounded and really well-drawn and very interesting. And um, Berg, the hero, was just a big cuddly cinnamon roll grizzly bear, which was so fun. Um, I don't usually love a cinnamon roll, but it worked for me uh, in this book. And there's they even comment about like, you're just so nice. Why are you just, you're so nice. And, and she has a whole thing about like, he's worried that he's boring. And she's like, no, I like it. 
<laughs> my life is too crazy. I need someone who's more boring. <laughs> and so um, he just like really goes with it. With He goes with the flow. He He's a triplet. So he's used to crazy family and he's just really able to embrace her family. I really liked that. So my, my half star that I, I would take away is it's not necessarily a negative exactly. It's just that I haven't read any other books by this author. And you could tell because there were so many extra supporting characters, not even supporting, but like so many additional characters introduced in this book that it didn't feel like it was like info dump world building. It felt like this is a world that I'm not aware of. Um, and I'm supposed to know who these people are. And it wasn't like I was missing part of the story because I didn't know who they were. It was just like every time I was introduced to a new person and they mentioned their mate and maybe their kid, I was like, I bet they have a book and I just haven't read it. So there must be more to this universe that I just don't know anything about. Because this is the first book in a series, but we looked it up and it is an offshoot of the whole Pride World, I believe it's called. So there's a whole bunch of other shifter books that, that these kind of offshoot from. So they definitely are, if that would bug you, then know that going in. It, it's not that it bugged me so much, it just makes me curious. And then I wanna know all those people's stories. So. Um, and I just felt like I was, I didn't have all the information and I want to know everything. So otherwise I really loved this book. It was super fun. Um, and I, I do want to uh, read the other two. I highly recommend it, especially if you need a fun break from something you want to read about like crazy honey badgers who are badass and gas and take names later. So pretty fun. Jessica. Yes, I totally agree. I absolutely loved it as well. Um, it is action packed. So the pace is great. If you do need a break, like if you're in a reading slump, I think this book would really break you out of it because it's just the pacing is so good. Um, and it's full of action. Um, you know, there's like so many scenes where these three girls go in a room and there's all these like military trained armed guys and they are the only people who walk out of it unscathed. So, well, not always unscathed, but definitely alive. Um, you know, I really loved the sister dynamic. I loved Berg as a Simon role. I, my, one of my favorite parts was the sisters went to him and said like, don't give up on her, like follow her around like a stray puppy dog because she needs this. She spends all of her time taking care of us. She will not like let down her guard easily, but you're so good for her. Please stick with her. And I thought that was so good because I was expecting there to be conflict with the sisters about like not wanting to share her. Um, but they weren't, they were like, she needs you and you should stick around. So I really loved that. Um, and I loved how he kind of like understood the whole dynamic and just like let it roll off of his back. Um, I thought it was really funny how she was always like, you know, she kind of reminded me of a Sarah McLean hero, you know, like she was always like, I'm not good enough for you. You need someone else because my family's insane and I am not worthy of you. And he just stuck with her, stuck with her. And finally she'd be like, well, if you want to make poor decisions, then I guess that's up to you. You know, she still thinks her family's too crazy for him, but, um, and she was really funny. Charlie was the main character. She was so strong and so determined and, um, 
this is so morbid, but the one of the funniest scenes is when they think their father's dead and they're two of them are excited because he's such a monster. And when they go to the morgue to, um, you know, check out and see if he's dead, this isn't not really a spoiler. Um, you know, he's, he's not, it happens really early. He's not. And then she trashes the morgue and you're like, oh my gosh, this book is bonkers. It's so bonkers. It definitely deserved a spot on our list. We kind of forgot that we were supposed to give banana ratings to all of our bonkers, banana bonkers books. I mean, this thing is like five bananas. It's so bonkers and so much fun. And normally romance light stuff I don't like because I want there to be a lot of romance. But there's so much chemistry between them. And you like them so much and all their scenes talking together that you don't miss the more romantic parts that much. And yeah, I wouldn't say it was like super swoony. Like if I try to think of a swooniest moment, I would have a harder time. Jason's read it a bunch of times, so he could probably think of one. But the swooniest um, moment when he gives her her his really good Ruger 45. That's that, swoony. Way at the beginning. That's so, the very um, beginning of the book. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But but it's just so fun and they just have like such a they, it's so easy between the two of them so which is not something you see a lot and that's why I really enjoyed it so it wasn't even until we were done that I was and I was trying to think of a swooniest thing that I was like oh I loved this book but I didn't necessarily swoon the whole time so yeah slump buster for sure because I've been in a bit of a summer slump so I would highly recommend it as a slump buster I would like to for his brother and sister to have a book because Britta was funny. Yes. His <laughs> siblings are hilarious. Yeah, because every time they called her the sow, I was like, that seems offensive. <laughs> I thought that maybe his brother would end up with Max, but it doesn't look like that's what's going to happen. No, Max ends up with a person that doesn't even know he's a shifter. Ooh. That's that's told within the first chapter of the book, so I don't feel bad telling you. <laughs> all right, well, I think that's yeah. all we got, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. See, the first time I read it, I only gave it about four stars, but once you read it multiple times, I feel I have to give it five. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it come to us for any bonkers wrecks, or if you have any, please leave them for us. We'll add them to our list, but we're we're slowly making our way to a month, so fun. Bye. Thanks, Bye-bye. Ellen and Mom. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Jason, Jessica, and Megan. We always love to get your guys' book reports because I just think it's so fun that you guys do that together. So well, cute. I maybe literally, like, have already bought three books. <laughs> <laughs> While we've been sitting here. While listening. we've been sitting here. Well, first of all, a couple of them were on Kindle Unlimited, so I was like, I'm, I'm, picking, I'm sweeping that up. But I am getting ready to go on a trip. Oh, yeah. And so, and we have a break week. So, you know, it's kind of like open reading for a little while. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be on a cruise and, you know, a couple air flights. So it's like, I I need some reading material. Well, and I do like the inclusion of a paranormal because we are entering paranormal season. Paranormal season. (laughs) That's what I'm calling. We can only read them at Halloween time. (laughs) That's what I'm calling fall from now on. Um, no, I don't know why I, but I always do like, like to get in a more spooky well, mood. But I also think it's kind of a fun one to like wrap up when it's cold outside. Yeah. And it's, it's just a good, you know, scary one. Well, they, they've kind of got like a, 
Yeah, like dark, more dark and gloomy vibe yeah. to him. Um, so that was Jason, Jessica, and Megan with Hot and Badgered by Shelley Lawrenston. Um, and yeah, that book does sound bonkers and a lot of fun. So I might yeah. be needing to check that one out. Um, next, let's hear from Jen with her book recommendation. Hi, no yo Maz. It's Jen here. I'm going to be talking about Funny Business by Kaylee Loring. I first discovered Kaylee Loring um, when I was looking for Christmas romances in December. I got the audiobook of A Very Bossy Christmas, and I loved it. Not only was it the funniest Christmas book I read, but it was also like one of the funniest books I read that year. She, Kaylee Loring is hilarious. She's like my soulmate in comedy. She just cracks me up so much. Um, things you need to know about Kaylee Loring. She was a screenwriter, so she writes really great snappy dialogue um, she, she's the queen of like low angst, funny, sexy romance. So she, so I went through her backlog, back catalog during, uh, lockdown in, uh, the beginning of this year. And she's great. She's like low angst. It was, it was just great. The other thing you need to know is Kaylee Loring loves narrators and she finds out what <laughs> the narrator's capabilities are and she writes these things into her stories. So that's why I highly recommend you get her audiobooks because she writes things, she almost challenges the narrators, the things she writes, what they have to do, like sing or do celebrity impressions. It's it's quite amazing. And this book, Funny Business, is a duet book. That means they're just doing all their own parts. And it also has an all-star cast. So if you follow it, audiobooks, it like and it has uh Emma Wilder and and Teddy Hamilton are the main characters, Frankie and Owen, and then it has also Zachary Weber, Jason Clark, Mackenzie Cartwright. Like, it's an all-star cast. They're all fabulous. Anyways, about the book Funny Business. It's about Owen Brody, who is a model slash comedian slash single dad. And he's looking to go on a tour, and he wants to bring his son who's Sam, and he's quite cute. Um, he wants to bring him on the mo the road, and his manager says his niece is available. She had just gotten fired, and she needs a job, and she has previous childcare experience. And she's also an up-and-coming comedian who may or may not have heckled him in the past. <laughs> You'll have to listen to find out. Anyway, so it's a really cute single dad romance. They go on the road, so it's a bit of a forced proximity romance. It's it's just so funny. You have Owen, who has two brothers, one an entertainment lawyer and one an actor. They are going to get their own books for sure. 
Um, so you hear their group chats, which are always hilarious. You hear their family chats, which are always hilarious. And then you have this dynamic between Frankie and Owen. Owen has kind of reached the pinnacle. Frankie is still a struggling comedian and they're attracted to each other and just comedy ensues. I don't want to get <laughs> tell you too much, so just trust me. Get the audiobook. You will laugh. It is so hilarious. Oh, and did I mention how steamy Lane <laughs> Loring can write? There's a limo scene that is absolute fire. Anyways, so that's funny business. Please get the audiobook. It's the only way to go. They have singing and celebrity impressions and and all sorts of stuff. It's just amazing. Anyways, that's funny business. I hope you try it. Bye. All right. Thank you, Jen. Um, that sound. That's another. Sounds like another winner. I know. I. This is. Not, I don't know if this is good or bad. I, I'm gonna have way too many. I can't buy them all, you guys. Come on. Well, I was telling mom. I'm with my new job. I'm starting a commute again. So this is good to have an audiobook recommendation. Yeah, audiobook recommendation. Um, and one that is enhanced by audiobook. I always, I always love that yeah. for my audiobook recs. Um, so that was Jen with Funny Business by Kaylee Loring. Um, and yeah, another winner. You guys are really coming to play this yeah, time around. Seriously. Um, okay, thank you for that, Jen. Now let's hear from Jess on um, what she's reading. And based on the cover, I think this one should be a doozy. So let's hear from Jess. Hi, Mom. Hi, Ellen. Hi, fellow Noyomos. It's Jess. So for the free-for-all episode this time around, I decided to go with a bananas book that's getting all sorts of good buzz on social media. I've seen it mainly mentioned on Twitter from romance readers and authors alike. It's called Morning Glory Milking Farm by C.M. Nascosta. The novella is available on Kindle Unlimited. Um, so the book itself is billed as a sweet and steamy monster romance, and it features a human heroine and a minotaur hero. The world that this book is set in is an interspecies world. There's werewolves, vampires, mothmen, beetle women, minotaurs, humans, etc., um, any sort of creature you can really think of exists in this world. Okay, so the book itself is about Violet, a woman in her mid-20s who's come out of grad school with a mountain of student loan debt and very few job opportunities. She's struggling to make ends meet and comes across a job opening that pays well with benefits in the neighboring town of Cambrick Creek, which we find out is a fully integrated inter interspecies town. That job, milking technician at Morning Glory Milking Farm. The farm is run by a pharmaceutical company that collects minotaur semen because it is so strong and potent and it's used to make those little blue pills that human men use. Um, so a milking technician does exactly what it sounds like and what, what you're probably thinking. The technician milks the minotaurs who come in to submit and get paid for their deposits. Um, also, side note, a good collection is 24 ounces. 
So uh, just keep that in mind because it does come into play um, in a couple of different ways. Um, Anyway, Violet uh, takes this job and she develops a connection with one of the very first minotaurs that she milks. um, A minotaur we later learn is named Rourke. Um, Their relationship is professional for a while, but there's an undeniable connection between the two and he begins to request her for his milking sessions and they kind of flirt and talk and get to know each other a little bit better during those sessions and then fast forward sometime later and they run into each other outside of the farm in a coffee shop and then the romance blossoms from there um quick word about our hero he's a divorced businessman who is earnest and sweet uh, genuinely just really into the heroine and as you later discover like really all about like taking care of her in every single way um, so <laughs> I won't say much more about the plot but I will say that the book is sweet and hot and it will make you ask what did I just read and why did I love it and like it so much um, so, uh, you know, it seems like this author is going to set more um, books in this Cambric Creek world. So if, you know, these sorts of stories are your jam or you want to try it out, um, it sounds like more books are coming. Oh, and if it wasn't clear, this book is not mom friendly. <laughs> um, anyway, that's my Bananas book report. Uh, I can't wait to hear what everyone else has read. Thanks. Bye. Okay, I don't know what competition we're playing, but I think <laughs> Jess just won. <laughs> um, yeah, just that, just that uh, book description was making mom blush. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, she said it would make you think. What did I just read? And, and I was sitting here thinking, what did I just hear? <laughs> um. So that was a thing. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm intrigued. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to read it just to tell mom that I read it (laughs) and concern her. It's on Kindle Unlimited right now. You can read it for free. So there you go. Um, That was Jess bravely talking about (laughs) um, Morning Glory Milking Farm by C.M. Nascosta. Um, thank you for that, Jess. Thanks for bringing that to our attention, because that <laughs> might need to happen just for kicks and giggles. But also, she says it's a good book, so. Yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. Um, okay, let's hear. Can I just comment on the 24 ounces? Oh, my gosh. 24 ounces. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it hurts my insides just yeah. to think about it. Um, let's hear from Catherine on what she has to say, uh, and what she's been reading. Hey, no yomos, this is Catherine. I read Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfleur, which came highly recommended from the other Noyamos in the Facebook group. I'm so glad I did because this book is really great. It's a contemporary romance about Elle, who is an astrologist and Darcy who is an actuary. They get set up by Darcy's brother and they have a horrible first date 
the kind that wins worst date ever when your friends are going around swapping dating horror stories. There is a $56 glass of wine, a big spill involving said glass of wine, uncomfortable underwear, tardiness, pulling on a push door, and general not great date vibes. So Elle is super surprised when Darcy's brother is like, Oh, that's so great that you and my sister hit it off. She seems so smitten with you. And in her head, Ella's like, were we on the same date? What is going on? So they end up fake dating for reasons, as always happens with these fake daters. And it is so swoony, especially when they think it is still fake. And every small touch or glance is so charged with emotion. Elle is very easy to love as a character. She's relatable from page one. And then Darcy, who you do not expect to be relatable at all because of this whole $56 glass of wine and that sort of thing. Alexandria Belfleur makes you love both of them and Darcy's brother and Elle's roommate. Everyone is just really wonderful um, and, and you're really rooting for them. I love a meddling family trope because I picture myself as the meddling family who helps the couple realize their true love. In terms of the astrology, I thought that was a really cool element for the book. When I was young, I read hor- I'd read the horoscope in a magazine and just pick whichever horoscope said my crush would like me back that month. Now, I do know my sign. However, in memes, it always says things like, if the signs were french fries you'd be a raw potato. Um, So the attributes about my sign don't resonate personally. I highly recommend this one to anyone who likes contemporaries, the grumpy sunshine dynamic, and the horoscope memes about which song you'd be. And now I'm on hold at the library to read the sequel, which is about Darcy's brother. And I'm really looking forward to it. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Thank you for that, Catherine. Yes, I have also heard good things about um, Written in the Stars by Alexandria Belfleur um, on the Facebook group. It was. I'm looking it up and I can't tell if it's a series, but she has Written in the Stars, Count Your Lucky Stars, and Hang the Moon. And I can't tell if it's a series because it all says they're just a novel. It doesn't say anything about them being a series, but they look like they could be a series. Yeah, like they have similar artwork, I know. Um, but I know Written in the Stars was, um, suggested a lot in our beginner's guide when we were talking about the LGBT category, um, and so yeah, so that sounds utterly charming, and, uh, we thank Catherine for further bringing that to our attention. Um, okay, right now we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be hearing from me. And we'll be hearing from more of you on what you've been up to in reading-wise. We don't need to get into other specifics, unless you want to. Um, So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. This time, just specifically news. Um, Okay. We have a draw. We have the winners for... The months of May, June, and July for the Around the World Challenge. Um, First up, we have May, which was east, the U.S., east of the Mississippi River. And weirdly enough, 
There were a lot of people on there. Yeah. So. <laughs> there were. Apparently, there's a lot of books about the East Coast. <laughs> that take place east of the Mississippi. Um, so, Mom, who was our winner for that? Our winner for May is Christina C. Christina C., thank you for that. Um, next up, we have, or uh, thank you, but also congratulations. Yes. Um, next up, we have June, which was the Caribbean. I'm not even going to attempt to do an Caribbean accent because it just would have been embarrassing to myself. Um, it's never stopped you from doing stuff before. That's true. <laughs> um, Mom, what? who was the winner for that month? The winner for June, Catherine M. Catherine M., congratulations. I'm thinking that might be Catherine M? F., but I think M is her middle name, but on Facebook she has it listed as M. Okay. I'm not, but don't quote me on that. Um, and then for the month of July, which was Northern and Western Europe, Mom, what do we have? We have Sarah R.H., Sarah R.H., another one with two, two initials. Uh, congratulations, Sarah R.H. Um, you will be hearing from Jessica, who will contact you in regards to your prize. And we just thank Jessica, as always, for putting this on. And thank you all for participating um, life has gotten a little away from Jessica, which we can completely commiserate and understand. Totally understand. Um, so I think she's doing a, a combo for August and September to catch up. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And, uh, you know, we'll see you for the next drawing. Absolutely. All right. Bye. I'm here for it. Welcome back. So... Um, we've heard from mom and some of you. Now we're going to hear from me and some more of you. Um, <laughs> so for my pick, I read My Cone and Only by Susanna Nix for this free-for-all. Um, I chose this for a couple of reasons. One being that I've never read a book by her and I wanted to give her a try. Another is that it's only a freaking brother's best friend book, and it's got everything you could possibly want out of that trope. Like, she really squeezed the lemon dry on that trope. <laughs> like, she just got every morsel of goodness that you would oh, want from that. You must have been loving it. I was. Um, it's about Wyatt King, and he's a member of the King family, who, in this town of Crowder, Texas... They own a, like, large ice cream brand, and it started out as, like, this little ice cream shop in town, and now it's, like, this international ice cream brand. Um, I could get behind a guy that sells ice cream. Yeah, well, he distances himself from the family a bit and does not like ice cream, which I'm like, get out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> um, but, so this town, his family basically, like, runs this town and, like, employs... It's like Sweetums from <laughs> Parks and Rec. <laughs> if you can't beat them, Sweetums. <laughs> um, so he's a reluctant member of the family, like I said, and has tried to distance himself from being from the family business. Um, he does this by becoming, like, the local handyman in town. He plays in a band, so he's kind of a bad boy. He's got, like, lots of tats and things like that. And basically, he's just, like, the town man whore. Um, he is closer to his, to Andy, the heroine's brother, than some of his own flesh and blood. And he has always sworn to her brother that he would never 
entertain any amorous feelings about Andy. Well, but that he's doesn't... He's just signed a death warrant right yeah, there. Yeah, it doesn't matter that they have both been crushing on each other since high school. Um, and it becomes easier said than done when they are both totally hot for each other and she needs his help fixing up the house she inherited from her late grandmother and he's just traipsing around in a tool belt. Oh my gosh. All the time <laughs> and catching her unawares in a robe um, and just all sorts of other scenarios that two horned up people won't make it out of unscathed, you know? <laughs> um, I really liked this book a lot. I think I'll give it I think I'll give it a love. Um, it definitely suffers grossly. <laughs> Not grossly, but it definitely suffers from first book-itis. It actually kind of reminds me of when Jason and Jessica and Megan were talking about their book because this book is also tied to a, a preceding series. And so there's people that are being talked about that are already coupled up. And then there's... Like I said, he's from this big family. There's, I think, ten kids in his family. Um, some of which are already paired up, but some of which are obviously being set up for their own books. Um, and so I was telling Mom, I'm like, there's just a lot of, like, and then there's my sister Josie, who da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then there's my brother Tanner, who da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And then there's my brother so-and-so, da-da-da-da. And it's just like... Okay, this is a lot. Um, and <laughs> A lot of info being thrown at and you. And then she's got a lot of girlfriends who are obviously probably going to be... Pairing there's off. just a lot of introduction to people, and there's a lot of names being tossed around where I was like, uh, okay, I feel like you need to like give me a map or something. <laughs> um, family tree. Yeah. Um, so, also I will say, this book has a very sweet, cute, poppy cover and we have now been trained to to assume that that's going to be kind of our more women's lit uh women's fiction kind of light on the sexy scenes like we've been talking about with twice shy and love at first and things like that um not the case (laughs) they straight up romance baby (laughs) this is a romance (laughs) um it's not like out of control but they do get after it i mean there's I was, it was actually pretty funny because yeah, they do. I was reading it today and, um, my dad was watching Top Gun out in the front room. <laughs> and as soon as I started reading the sex scene, the take my breath away scene from Top Gun started playing. And so it was like perfectly synced up with, <laughs> with take my breath away and my sex scene. I told my dad, I'm like, you really provided a soundtrack for my, <laughs> for my steamy scene in my book. Um, take my breath away. <laughs> But um, they have sex uh, often and quite vigorously. Even after sometimes. he promised to his brother he wouldn't do that. Even after. He's a oh, naughty. He's weird. A naughty boy. Got all kinds of tropes um, going on there that we like. They, they have some... Honestly, I'm not even mad at like a lot of the conflict stuff because um, while he's... Well, I won't say too much, but um, I thought it was handled pretty well. So... Other than the first book, Itis, I really, really liked this book, and I thought it was really cute, and I'm, they're very clearly setting up the second book, um, and I'm actually intrigued and want to see what happens between those two as well. So, um, again, that was My Conan Only by Susanna Nix, and yeah, I, I will give it a strong recommend, especially if any of that 
sounds of intrigue to you. Um, okay, enough from me. Let's go to Maida and hear what she's been reading. Hi, everyone. Um, when I was growing up, I was a huge fan of Anne of Green Gables, and I read all eight, yes, eight books in the series. And when I saw that there was an updated modern romance version coming out, um, I wanted to read it. So this book that I'm sharing today is called Anne of Manhattan, and here's the blurb. After an idyllic girlhood in Avonlea, Long Island, Anne has packed up her trunk, said goodbye to her foster parents, Marilla and Matthew, and moved to the Isle of Manhattan for grad school. Together with her best friend, Diana Barry, she's ready to take on the world and find her voice as a writer. When her longtime arch rival, Gilbert Blythe, shows up at Redmond College for their final year, Anne gets the shock of her life. Gil has been in California for the last five years, since he kissed her during a beach bonfire and she ghosted him. Now the handsome brunette is flashing his dimples at her like he hasn't a care in the world and she isn't buying it. Paired with the same professor for their thesis, the two former competitors come to a grudgingly peace that turns into something much deeper and sexier than either intended. But when Gil seemingly betrays her to get ahead, Anne realizes she was right all along. She should never have trusted Gilbert Blythe. While Gil must prove to Anne that they're meant to be together, she must come to terms with her old fears if she wants a happily ever after with the boy she's always secretly loved. So um, I haven't read much fan fiction, but this seems like a pretty um, good version of fan fiction. It has a lot of the same characters. Um, of course, there are also updates. For example, Marilla and Rachel Lind are together um, and there are you know differences in um, other characteristics of the characters to make it more modern and realistic but there are also um, flashback scenes um, which kind of reimagine some of the favorite scenes from the original like when he calls her carrots so I would say if you're a fan of those books then this would be a fun uh, read for you and it kind of felt true to the original characters while while being updated too. So enjoy. Thank you, Maida. I mean, you basically have me with the premise of sexy Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> well, don't act like you didn't have a huge crush on Gilbert White. Oh when my you were gosh, I so did. Um, so that was Maida with Anne of Manhattan by Brina Sterler. I hope I'm saying that name even close to correctly um and that might not be the last time we hear about that book Uh but um i think that that sounds really good and we are definitely fans of anne of green gables in this house we are an anne of green gables house um (laughs) i even did like a scene from the canadian miniseries that you know we all know and love um for a drama class my friend and i did a scene it was the scene where they were walking and Anne, like, trips and injures herself and then Diana, like, runs off and has to get She's help. Um, all worried about it and yeah. panicked. Um, so my friend and I did that scene. She was Diana Barry and I was Anne of Green Gables. Of course you were. Of course I was. <laughs> uh, no, but we, I love that. Although, have you watched that Anne with an E? I've had many people recommend it. I watched the first season and um, I didn't love it because it didn't follow the books the way I liked. And it didn't, like, it changed the characters, which, to be more 
Like, Matthew wasn't as sweet as he was in the book. Oh, or, I love Matthew. And, I don't know. There was just little things. I was like, Ugh. And it kind of was off-putting. But maybe if I would continued watching I'm it. I'm to the point now, like, where I start watching Anne of Green Gables, the one that we're and used to. And you start to. crying right from the beginning. And I start crying because I know what happens to Matthew. Yeah, I know. And I was going to ask if, you know, if Matthew meets an untimely demise in this one. But, um, um, but yeah. So... Um, I consider me intrigued and I'm excited to potentially hear more about the book in a little bit later on. But first, let's hear from Miriam as to what she has on the recommendation docket for us. I'm, I'm losing potential ways to introduce, <laughs> to introduce this thing. You're like a thesaurus yeah. of how to introduce these things. Um, but let's hear from Miriam. Hi, it's Miriam here. Um, so the book I'm talking about, I actually read a few weeks ago, but as usual, just recording this on Sunday morning. Um, so it's Dancing on Thorns by Rebecca Horsfall. And I'm going to have a bit of a preamble now, but um, I, I did think of this one earlier in the year for, for a different free-for-all, but the libraries were closed and I wasn't able to get it. And, and basically over the years, like I've actually bought three copies of it, so I wasn't going to get another one, but... Um, not sure where the first one is, but my second two was over, were over with my sister in London and she hadn't been home for a year. So I wasn't going to, you know, she was coming back for a month, but I wasn't going to ask her to make space in her precious one month's worth of luggage um, for, for this, for one of those. But um, we did have a long text conversation about it when I was reading it. Um, yeah, so it, and also, yeah, it doesn't seem to ever have been released on Kindle, so not sure what the story is there. So it's, it's Rebecca Horsfall's only book, um, it was released in 2005, so my conspiracy theory was that she didn't actually write it, and it was like a Morven Carr situation where the actual author had died, and she submitted it in her own name. No, like, obviously that's a joke, but, uh, but I, I mean, I, her website does say that she is working on a second book it's been saying that for ages and uh but like i i can totally understand how it could be impossible to come up with a follow-up to this book because in many ways it's it's just perfect like it's it's got its flaws but it's perfect <laughs> um so i i checked it out at the library in mid-june and even though i knew i loved it because i'd read it before obviously um i kept putting off starting it because like it was 700 pages and I'm not really reading that many long books at the moment but then finally on the August bank holiday the weather was not so great so I started and I just read and read and I was a very neglectful parent and I just couldn't put it down and midway through the book I stopped texting my sister about it because um I was too ashamed to admit to admit that like that I'd read that much of it all in one day but then as soon as I was finished it um I had to dissect it with her so you know, I, I had to tell her that. But um, having reread it, I'm not sure it technically qualifies as a romance, but after all of that, I just had to do my report on it anyway. In any case, I can confirm that there is a happy ending for the two main characters, though when I read this for the first time, I really did not know if, if that would be the case. So it's more of a saga set in the London ballet world. The two main characters are Jean-Baptiste Saint-Michel, who goes by Michel, and Jean-Kil Kendall, who goes by Johnny. But I think I would have to say that there is more time spent with Michelle. It, it's not quite even. There's also a large cast of side characters. So in a way, it's more of an ensemble. Um, Michelle's father is a famous choreographer, but has not seen him since he was four years old. 
Michelle left home aged eight for a ballet academy in Paris and returned to London as an apprentice ballet dancer aged 16. But in this time, he's also distant from his mother, so he doesn't really believe in love. Five years later, he's well established in the core. Everybody sleeps with everybody. It's quite an insular world as they live, breathe and sleep ballet. At a party, he meets 19 year old Johnny, who has just moved to London, hoping to make it as an actress. They go back to his apartment and nothing particular happens between them. But over the next 36 hours, she gets sucked into the ballet world, but leaves on the second morning and assumes that the whirl is over. Michelle seeks her out at the theatre where she's working and her fate is sealed. It's funny, when I was reading it, I thought it was set in the 70s or so until Johnny says, it's the 90s at one point. It's not a story that could take place in the Google or social media era. Mobiles are just sneaking in towards the end of the book. I love a book that makes me cry and that hasn't happened in a while, but I did cry twice during this. She really puts you through the ringer, like maybe even a little bit too much sometimes. Um, there's one plot point that I really could have done without. I think I had blocked it out until a certain character was introduced and then it all came back to me and I may have sped read through some of these sections. In general, midway through the book, after various catastrophes, the core group of characters go in different directions. And apart from the one I just mentioned, there are several characters introduced who I just didn't really care much about. Maybe this was realistic from a ballet scene point of view, but I think it could have been edited down a little. I didn't really get the reason for all the new named characters, unless there were plans for a follow-up. It's not really something I would have considered before, but having binged so many romance series in the last year or so, I did think of something I wouldn't have before. There's another plot point that I hate that gets introduced on the second last page of the book. I remembered it, texted my sister earlier on and asked if I was remembering incorrectly or needed to, to be prepared and her text back was, be prepared. But I hadn't remembered it was in the last few pages and completely destroys a character who is well liked before. So on my reread, I was wondering if she was planning on a follow up novel with the characters involved, but then she'd really crossed a line and I think it would be very difficult to rehabilitate that character. I mean, I know rehabilitation of characters who do awful things in earlier books is quite common, but I just think she went too far. Anyway, um, just rambled on a bit too much about this probably, but um, but I had such like, after finishing it, I had such a book hangover. I just couldn't get stuck into anything new for a while because the characters, you know, they were just too, just staying with me and I was just thinking about them so much. It was hard to get anything into anything new. So I hope all of you guys have um have some good uh, solid recommendations for me okay thanks thank you for that miriam um mom was doing some research i was looking it up on amazon while she was talking because i wanted to just see you can buy the fork the hardcover for four dollars and 75 cents the paperback however is 125 dollars and 84 cents so probably won't be doing that so probably um... go with the hardcover i recommend the hardcover <laughs> Well, and it's probably, like, used or something, I bet. Um, I That's a lot of money for it. It better be, like, signed in gold by the <laughs> author. Um, so that was Miriam with Dancing on Thorns by Rebecca Horsfall. Um, and I know I say this every time Miriam sends in, but I just love to listen to Miriam talk. You just have the <laughs> cutest accent, Miriam. Um, okay, next we have Paige... H, we have two pages in a row, page H with um, what she has been reading, and it might sound a little familiar. Yeah. Hey, Ellen and Mom, it's page H, and I've 
been going back and forth trying to decide which book I should do for my book report. And I am going to stick with my original pick, which is Hot and Badgered by Shelley Lawrenston. I was actually going to do this, you know, for our last free-for-all because I had just read Breaking Badger, which is the fourth book, but it wasn't out at the time and it's coming out August 31st. And so I thought I should maybe wait until this free-for-all to talk about the first book. And I really want to talk about it because I really love this series. It's become one of my favorite series. It's really fun and entertaining and if you've read Shelley Lawrenston before you know that you're just in for a wild silly fun ridiculous outrageous time and I'm down with that so the McKillican sisters are Charlie Max and Stevie their father I don't remember what his name is right now and I'm not gonna look it up because he sucks uh, they hate their father because their dad is always, like, trying to sell Stevie because she's, like, super level genius smart. And he's always conning people out of things and trying to get rich quick. And he's always stealing from, you know, family members or just people. And he's just, he's a bad dude. And, I mean, they hate him. And each book is about a sister. And they always have to deal with their dad's crappy behavior in each book and in Hot and Badgered, Charlie is somebody is after her and Max and Stevie, they want to take Stevie to do who knows what and they want to kill Charlie and Max. And so Charlie, while she's on the run to get to where Max and Stevie are, she crashes into this guy's room for he is a bear shifter and that was their meet cute and then they run into each other again and it basically works out that Berg is helping Charlie and her sisters have a safe space to stay while they're trying to figure out who's trying to kill them and kidnap Stevie. I mean that's like the most basic plot summary that I can give. Because there's a lot of things that happen in a Shelley Lawrenston book. There's a lot of characters and plot lines, details. So just be aware of that. And also the romance is, I don't want to say it's a side plot, but it definitely shares space with like other things. Like there's mystery and danger and action. But part of the reason why I love the Honey Badger Chronicles and why I loved Hot and Badgered is very funny. It made me laugh my butt off. It is seriously just, it's good stuff. It's good humor. Part of the reason why, besides the humor, that I really love it is because it really focuses on family. Like, the McKilligan sisters are always looking out for each other. And just family is really huge in a Shelley Lawrenston book. And that is definitely the case in these series. So I haven't really talked about how the fact that Charlie and her sisters are honey badger shifters. Max is the only one who's full honey badger, but Charlie and Stevie are both other shifters too. Like Charlie is half wolf, half honey badger, and Stevie is like half Siberian tiger, half... Okay, she might not be a Siberian tiger, but she's half tiger and half honey badger. They're very unique because usually when you're a honey badger shifter, like, you're only just all honey badger. They're not supposed to be, like, half wolf or half tiger, and... 
Charlie and Stevie are definitely anomalies, and they blame their dad for that. <laughs> they just hate their father so much. It's it's really funny, but he sucks. So yeah, like I said, it's a fun time. If you really like a book with like a family aspect, then any Shirley Lawrenceton book is for you. And also, the first three books in the Honey Badger Chronicles, they are all in KU, but if you don't have KU, wait until they go on sale, because they go on sale, like, all of the time, so just wait. I mean, you can buy it full price, but if you're a cheapo like me, then you might want to wait until it's, like, $1.99 or $2.99. Not that it's not worth $5.99, but, you know, as I said, I'm a cheapo, and I like to buy things on sale, so, yep. But anyways, I really love this series. As soon as I finished one book, I just wanted to read the next book. It's just a really feel-good series. So if you don't have problems reading Paranormal, you should check it out. I will see you guys later. Goodbye. Paige, there's nothing wrong with being a cheapo. (laughs) I think everybody in their hearts is a cheapo. Um, So that was Paige with a book that should sound familiar because Jason, Jessica, and Megan, Megan. also read it. Uh, Hot and Badgered by Shelley Lawrenceton. I never thought we'd have a episode where a honey badger was the star of, of the show. Um, we had two recommendations for honey but badger But here we are. Yeah. Two recommendations for honey badger They books. don't give a shit. Um, one for a Minotaur semen book and one... <laughs> And two for Anne of Green Gables fan fiction. That's just what you get when you. Come. That's what the free for all is. <laughs> uh, Hence the name. No, I do not mean to diminish. I feel like everyone's trying books. to one up each other. On <laughs> no, that's what I mean. Um, but you guys have officially sold me on this Honey Badger book. Okay, you did it. Um, and consider it, consider it bought or read or whatever. It's already been bought. There you go. I've just been sitting here buying books while, <laughs> while you guys are just talking away. Um, so thanks for that, page H. Now, let's take a different page. <laughs> Turn the page. <laughs> and hear from page P as to what she has been reading. Hi, this is Paige P. Um, The book I read was Texas Destiny by Lorraine Heath. This is a historical romance set in West Texas. Um, That's a surprise, I'm sure. And is in the first, uh, it's the first in the set of a trilogy of books about three brothers. So in this book, uh, Dallas Lee has a mail-order bride, Amelia Carson, who is coming to Texas to marry him. But Dallas breaks his leg, so his brother Houston has to go pick her up from Uh, for the about three-week journey home. So you can imagine what happens. Houston and Amelia fall in love. Uh, Houston is a quiet man who was injured in the war. Amelia is a woman who has lost all her family and property. So she's decided uh, that she's going to head out west. This is probably considered an old-fashioned romance, but Houston and Amelia are a great couple. Houston is a fantastic hero. So the adventures that they have on the way are interesting, and they definitely kept my attention. Um, The tropes included were uh, road trip, obviously, sick bed, and forced proximity. The pacing was good. So if you're looking for historical Western, uh, then I highly recommend this one. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you, Paige P. Um, I have read that book, 
It's been a long time, though, and I basically only remember that very basic premise of she ends up with his brother. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Which is a weird, uh, weird trope in and of itself. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's some tropey goodness with the forced proximity. Uh, road trip. Road is trip. A good one. And sick bed. That's yeah. quite the, that's like <laughs> check, the, check, check. that's like the holy trifecta <laughs> of romance. Um, so that was Page P with Texas Destiny by Lorraine Heath, which we really, have we, we've read Lorraine Heath. I've read a bunch of them, but I yeah, don't know I if know. we did one for the show. Yeah, I know. That's what I was trying to think is if we've ever done one for the show. I feel like we have, but I can't think which one it was. Um, but she's always a good, she is, I mean, she's a classic for a reason. Like she does, she does a good historical. Um, so thanks for that, Paige. Uh, let's head over to Sarah to hear what she has been reading. Hey guys, Sarah S. here with my book report. Uh, I'm rushing as usual, so I'm just going to do the book I'm reading now. Uh, it's called A Certain Wolfish Charm by Lydia Dare. And yeah, I'm a, a little over 100 pages, but I'm, I'm really liking it so far. Um, it's historical paranormal. So those are like my two favorite genres. And I just love that you can have so much fun in the paranormal worlds and then combine that in with the um, historicals, the, you know, kind of stiffer (laughs) um, setting like that is just, it's kind of fun to combine them. So I just, I'm in the mood for that every once in a while. Um, And wanted a series to kind of get into. And this is a a wolf shifter series, which is even better. Um, So yeah, the hero is uh, um, the Duke. He's a wolf. And the heroine is normal. She doesn't know anything about wolves or anything like that. Um, And basically, she's taking care of her the her 12 year old nephew um because the heroine's sister and the sister's husband were uh in a carriage accident six years ago and they left their little boy behind so um lily is taking care of uh her nephew he's 12 uh i'm not sure if i said that or not um but he's starting to go through some changes and uh, he is a wolf. That's what's going on. But Lily has no idea about that. So she's just like, what's going on with this kid? Um, so she gets in touch with the Duke. The Duke is the boy's legal guardian. Um, he has been sending money every month, but he hasn't. He, Lily's been the one that's raised him, basically. Um, and but when this these kind of changes start happening and she's kind of at a loss of what's going on uh that's when she decides to get in touch with the duke and just kind of ask him to get involved and and do something because it's too much for her alone so he begrudgingly you know like he hears her out and everything and begrudgingly gets involved because he he doesn't want to but he knows like crap 
it sounds like the kid's going to change. She's going to go through the transformation soon. So he has to get him in his uh, care uh, as soon as possible. And he doesn't, he's super attracted to Lily, um, but he doesn't, she can't really find out. He's afraid for her to, to find out um, for other reasons. Um, so they're trying to keep it hush hush and kind of get the boy to live with him and uh Lily comes to because she's his aunt and she's like I'm not leaving him um so basically that's just where I'm at now they're kind of all under the same roof and uh which is cool too because you don't typically see that in a historical with the hero and hero and heroine like living together before any kind of marriage um but again paranormal <laughs> you know <laughs> so you can suspend your disbelief as much as you want but it it does make sense because he is the legal guardian and you know it, it just uh, i think uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong anyone but i feel like that is that could have happened back then so anyway it's just it's really cool and they are both attracted to each other so that's starting to grow and he thought he could just provide her with a dowry and maybe marry her off and she's like no I'm not leaving <laughs> you know um so and she's not afraid of him at all so she's just they have uh, a fun back and forth so yeah I just thought I would uh, recommend that one to everybody. Um, again, A Certain Wolfish Charm by Lydia Dare. So I can't wait to hear what everyone else has. Bye, guys. Thank you for that, Sarah. Um, yes, I, I was trying to think while she was talking if I've ever read a historical paranormal. The only one I can think of is I read that Parasol series, I can't, oh, yeah, which was like kind of the, a steampunk. Yeah. So it was. Well, that's the other thing is like I think if I have it's like Victorian set, which I don't know why Victorian is more spooky than <laughs> um, Regency, but apparently it is. I guess it's like kind of when like Jack the Ripper and that kind of yeah. stuff. Is, I think there's m more uh, there, I guess, to draw on. But um, but that does sound intriguing, and um, I am yeah intrigued by the idea of a historical paranormal. This book is not on Kindle. What the heck, you guys? Why do you keep recommending books that are on Kindle? I'm just kidding. <laughs> How do you expect me to read a book like I have to hold in my hand? <laughs> and the paperback is $34.31. Jiminy Chris. <laughs> um, but the, oh, the mass market paper, the mass market paperback is eight bucks. So. Okay. Well, there's that. Um, so thank you for that, Sarah. It is A Certain Wolfish Charm by Lydia Dare. Um, and yeah, color me intrigued. And if somebody has like another good historical paranormal recommendation, I would be interested to hear those. Um, okay. Finally, we have Tiernan and maybe you can guess what she's going to talk about because I have spoiled it. So let's hear from Tiernan. Hi, No Yomos. It's Tiernan here with my book report on Anne of Manhattan by Brina Starler. This is a modern retelling of the classic Anne of Green Gables series by Lucy Maud Montgomery, focusing mainly on the romance between Anne Shirley and Gilbert Blythe, with guest appearances from Diana Barry, Rachel Lynn, and Dr. Blythe. In this version, 
Anne grows up on Avonlea, Long Island, New York, after being adopted by Marilla and Matthew Cuthbert as a young girl. The story begins with Anne finishing up her last year of her master's program in education at Redmond College in Manhattan, when to her surprise, in walks Gilbert Blythe back into her life. Gil has spent the past five years in California attending college and graduate school. The last time Anne and Gil saw each other was the night of their high school graduation beach party when Gil kissed Anne and she immediately ghosted him. The former competitors are now paired together by their professor where they have to collaborate on a thesis project. As Anne and Gil spend more time together, they move from classmates to friends to much more. As with all great love stories, there is heartache, perceived betrayal, and of course, a happily ever after. If you love Anne of Green Gables, you might want to try this charming adaptation of Anne and Gil's love story. So there's our second uh, recommendation for Anne of Manhattan by Brina Stairler. Um, and I was sitting here wondering, I'm like, there needs to be an exploration or somebody needs to do a thesis statement on what makes Gilbert Blythe so like damn attractive to <laughs> women who watch and read and all that stuff. Um, honest, cause on, he's a dick through most of Anne of Green Gables. Let's be honest. Well, he's a child. I mean, no mom, he's a. He's a dickish child. Uh, no. But, I mean, no, he's you know. really not. And I think that's why is because he's he's a sweetheart who makes some mistakes. Well, he starts out with him young and young boys. That's just how they show their yeah. attraction for girls. Young boys is... are dicks, let's be honest. <laughs> Older boys can be too. But, um, uh, and I think that's just kind of their way of, you know, they don't know how to maneuver around those kind of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, Anna Green Gables, sick bed scene, holla. Yeah. So, um, anyway. Uh, yes. So, there we go. There's um, another and our final for Anne of Manhattan. Um, and, again, you guys have colored me intrigued um, because we do love Anne of Green Gables. Um, thank you guys so much. You guys always... Make it a fun, fun ride. Yeah. And I, you really brought the crazy this time. So. I literally was sitting here buying books through this entire episode. So um, thanks. Because <laughs> now I've got my TBR, like, already purchased, locked, ready to go. Locked and loaded. Um, and, yeah, you guys really brought the bonkers this time. And I'm here for it. So I appreciate you and love you. Um, so that was the free-for-all. We had so much fun hearing from so many of you. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at NotYourMom'sRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Um, I hope you're enjoying the new outro music. That's uh, tickling yeah. your fancy. Um, so if you want to read along with us we and email us with your thoughts or if you'd like to just a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. Next week, we'll be taking a break week. Uh, so U.S. people, enjoy your Labor Day. Mom's going to enjoy her cruise. I'm going to enjoy my first week of work. We'll see. Um, and, and being home alone. And being home alone, I am going to enjoy that. Uh, but R- on, rude. <laughs> on September 13th, 
we will be back and diving into our fall reading list with the first on deck if i never met you by mari mcfarland uh remember you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them all right thanks mom you're welcome ellen and thank you guys more importantly yes thanks to all of you we'll see you next time bye bye not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.